there's a gravity to it all. At the same time, let's take this opportunity. Like you said, it is a gift. And it's a gift that says, number one, slow down, right? I mean, one of the realizations I had when I went on Solvatical and as I wrote the book is that busyness is an addiction. I mean, it's, 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 it is as much of an addiction as eating your emotions, drinking your emotions, right? Um, you know, zoning out, right, zoning out to Netflix. Like we are a culture of distraction, right? And because we don't want to sit with ourselves, it's hard, right? We don't want to necessarily feel the pain, the discomfort, the fear. And this, I believe that this moment in time is calling on us to do exactly that, to sit with those emotions. And so there's a part of me that's like, wow, yeah, you know, the world is on enforced sabbatical, and what will we do with it, right? Because we're going to hit a wall with Zoom fatigue and, you know, busying ourselves with home projects and, yeah, trying to outrun these feelings, like you said. And so I think it's time for us to begin, you know, finding the meaning in the madness. That's kind of how I've been positioning it. So how do we use this time to consciously grow? Because we know no matter what, we always grow through hard times. It's inevitable. So for me, the question is, how do we want to intentionally find that growth or create that growth as we're going through this instead of just letting it happen to us? Listening to the Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast, the exploration of life fully optimized with Megan Hotman. Hey there, Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast listeners. Today's episode is brought to you by our newest sponsor, Wild Zora. This company is owned by husband and wife duo Josh and Zora Tabin, and they are based up in Loveland. And I actually know Josh and Zora personally, and I had the opportunity to tour their facility a few weeks ago. This is such a cool company, and I happened to get hooked on their products well before I actually met the owners. Um, their ingredients are all natural and amazing. They source everything locally, organically, sustainably grown, and then they package and produce it all there in their facility in Loveland, and they both live in Fort Collins. They've got these great meat and veggie bars, which contain grass-fed organic beef or uh, other meat products, as well as a full serving of fresh vegetables, organic vegetables. Um, The newest product that they just launched, which I'm really fired up about, is their basically just add hot water oatmeal bags. They're perfect for camping, but frankly, they're also just perfect for taking with you to the office and when you're on the go because the bags are meant to hold the hot water. So all you have to do is add some boiling water to the container and you can eat this amazing oatmeal right out of there. It's got dehydrated nuts and berries and coconut and all kinds of good fats and nutrients. It's really amazing food that, quite frankly, fills the gap for many of us when we're trying to eat healthy, good foods when we're on the go. So Wild Zora's website is wildzora.com, 
and they are offering our listeners a 20% discount on your order using the code HOTMAN, H-O-T-T-M-A-N, at checkout. You can also just click their logo at the bottom of our website, and it will take you straight to a page. But make sure to use that code at checkout. I just want to give one pitch to the... um, specific breakfast cereal that I'm really obsessed with right now. It's called the Palisade Pineapple Mango. They call it a paleo meal to go, and it does contain 10 grams of protein. By the way, for those of you who are anti-gluten, it does not contain any gluten, no grain, no milk, and no added sugar. So when you see these products, you will be a true believer and a true fan just like I am. They also have a butte cocoa banana oatmeal cereal as well as a cliffside coconut berry cereal it's really incredible stuff and having seen their facility and seen exactly how this stuff is made it's fantastic so check out wild zora at wildzora.com use the code hotman at checkout save yourself some money give these products a shot and fuel yourself for maximum enthusiasm and full optimization when you are out on the go in your busy life Hey friends, happy April. It's hard to believe that we are into the fourth month of 2020 already. I feel like March was potentially the longest month ever with the coronavirus situation. It seems like the month stretched out and felt almost the duration of a year in its in itself. But here we are, we're flipping the calendar over into a new month. We're headed towards spring, longer days, more sunshine, warmer temperatures, Here in Colorado, we've been blessed with a couple warm days here this week. I got out today for a nice long bike ride. I am finding that I can do screen time in fairly heavy concentration two to three days a week, but I need to spend another one to two days off of screens. And because screens are so addicting and compelling to me, one of the best ways I can actually keep myself off of them is to go out for a nice big bike ride, which is what I did. And I took my camera with me and I took some photos of some things I've not photographed before, like the flat irons up near Boulder, and actually hopped onto a couple new gravel roads that I've never ridden before and just explored and smiled and waved. There's a lot of people that are out getting their recreation fixed right now since it's one of the few things that we're able to do in our current stay-at-home order situation And it just makes me really grateful to have so many trails, so much access to outdoor recreation and to have sunshine and warm temperatures so that people can can get out of their homes and still be with their friends and their family um, while observing all of the mandates that are currently in place. Um, I'm just in a state of real gratitude today. I'll be honest that my moods have uh, vacillated pretty significantly since this whole thing started. Some days I am doing pretty well and I'm focused and I'm disciplined and I have a plan and I get shit done. And then there are days when I am sad and I have no energy. I lack focus. I sort of walk around in circles. I don't really get anything done. And I feel like my brain almost hurts from stimulation. And uh, it seems like everyone has become an online expert. Everyone is streaming some live something or other. And um, there's just so much content coming at us right now. And I feel like we all did a pretty good job of, you know, assimilating it for the first part of this coronavirus situation. And then I think the fatigue really set in and for me personally, I've had to just back away from a lot of that noise because it was it was waking me up at night. It was disrupting my sleep. 
And it has just made my brain um, really feel fuzzy. And so I'm getting back to being really, really selective. And I'll also say that I'm in this new space now of recognizing that we probably have the month of April to go. So we're looking at four weeks. And for me personally, this is a great time to get back to discipline and to get back to structure, to get back to routine and regimen to the things that I know that serve me. Um, I've, I've eaten the junk that made its way into my cupboards when I was frantically buying groceries like the rest of the world. And I'm back to eating my normal healthy foods. I'm back to my morning walks and my morning routines. And I'm back into a structured training regimen because those are the things that I know serve me. And I would just encourage you too that if you've spent a few weeks doing the Netflix and whatnot, and, um, you know, maybe you ate a bunch of junk food too, like, just just assess if you're kind of done with that space, which I think we all needed to give ourselves permission to to be there. And maybe see if you're ready to kind of get back in the saddle and get back into um, a space of more productivity. And on that note, my guest today is my coach and friend, Shelly Paxton. She is a force. And she is a published author of an amazing book that I recommend that you read called Soul Batical. Um, she comes from Harley Davidson. She was a very highly positioned corporate executive in the marketing department for Harley. And she, um, well, let's just say that she changed her whole life. She flipped it on its head and she changed the script and she ended up writing this fantastic book and she's a keynote speaker and she hosts these incredible retreats. And many of those things have been canceled in light of everything that we're dealing with right now, but she still has this incredible message and this very powerful and articulate voice that I wanted to get into the ears and the souls of our listeners. So um, she's going to give you some tips about how to really kind of bring yourself back into a space of some constructive productivity. And she makes some very specific suggestions on things that we might consider for ourselves as we are in this quarantine um, state. And I would also just challenge you to really um, get disciplined with the gratitude journal. I've mentioned this on a few of my intros, but I just finished the book, Gratitude Diaries. I highly recommend that you read it. And you'll read this in many of the, the articles and stories about gratitude. But when you do it for 21 days, it actually starts to change um, neuro, neurochemically your brain. And it rewires thought processes, which I think would be good for all of us. And it's free. It doesn't cost us anything to record what we're grateful for. So I would just throw that out there and say, as you are starting to um, restructure your life and add some structure and ritual consider putting the gratitude journal in place as part of your daily routine. And uh, definitely check out Shelly's book as you are in a space of um, maybe looking to acquire some new knowledge, some new skills. She also recommends this incredible class that's offered right now for free with Yale called The Science of Wellbeing. And I will include a link to the show for that as well. So what a great time to learn a new skill, to take a new class, to just... Um, Teach yourself something new and also, importantly, as she suggests, give yourself at least 15 minutes of just quiet staring at a wall time every day and uh, intentionally and strategically unplug from the noise. So with that, super long intro, but she's, boy, she's worth it. <laughs> You're going to be so glad you listened to this one today with coach and author and powerhouse and dynamo, Shelly Paxton. Enjoy. Let's kick this. Let's kick this baby off. I yes. have the most amazing, energetic guest joining me today on Maximum Enthusiasm. Her name is Shelly Paxton. 
Welcome to the show, Shelly. Thank you so much, Megan. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> oh man, Shelly and I, um, we just had the, the, I had the privilege of meeting her about a year or so ago via a coaching group that we had in common. And Shelly is a professional coach and also a published author. She wrote this amazing book called Soulbatical, which we are absolutely going to talk about. And um, Shelly, how, when you introduce yourself to people and they say, well, what do you do? What do you tell them? <laughs> Isn't that always like the $6 million question? <laughs> yeah, I question for you because I know what your answer is and I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, I always say I'm chief soul officer of Soulbatical and I'm a, an international speaker and a published author. And that's what I say right now. And what I love about that, especially when I say chief soul officer and Soulbatical, people are like, oh, tell me more because those of are the books, right? Yeah, of course they say, tell me more. And so then when you say, tell me more, what do you say from there? Yeah, so I usually tell an abbreviated version of my story. So Soulbatical is my company um, that focuses on coaching, right? Coaching and speaking and writing. At the same time, Soulbatical is a journey that started for me three and a half years ago, actually almost more than that, back in late 2016, when I left Harley-Davidson, I was the chief marketing officer for Harley-Davidson. I was living what looked like on paper, you know, an absolute dream, one of the coolest and sexiest jobs in the world. And um, I guess I would say I had ticked all of the boxes of success on the outside, but I was feeling really empty, almost like emotionally and spiritually bankrupt on the inside. And so I made the really, really difficult decision to leave my job, to leave my career for a period of time and go off and become chief soul officer of my own life to nourish and nurture my own creative soul and see where that led me. Honestly, what I was really trying to figure out is, you know, what's my bigger purpose in the world? What's my calling? And here we are three and a half years later, we're having this amazing conversation. I've met incredible people like you and um, I'm on a mission to liberate a billion souls. I love that. I love that. And for someone listening, I, of course, I have background in context and I've read your book, so I understand what you mean by that. But what is your elevator pitch when someone says, what do you mean by liberating souls? What would you like to see mm -hmm. for those billion souls? Yeah. So, so one, I want us all to become chief soul officers of our lives. And what I mean by that is... We commit to living and leading more authentically, courageously, and purposefully, right? We're really in touch with ourselves and we're in the world manifesting who we are and what we want. We're creating the life we want to live, like period, end of story. And that to me, like it gives me goosebumps every time I say it. Oof which we know we're onto something when we get goosebumps when mm. we say it, especially when Amen. we say it as often as you probably say that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's usually a good indicator we're in the right place. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, well, it really is a remarkable story, and I certainly don't want to give away any of the goodness in your book, but as you indicated, you came from a very, very, very high position at a company that most people imagine they would love to work in and for, and you held a position that most people think, oh my gosh, that would be a dream come true. And of course, all of those parts are true. And there was also a side that it wasn't serving you. And so you 
made the super courageous decision to try on this thing that you called a sabbatical at the time, which to clarify, and you've, you've clarified this for me, it's not quitting your job and throwing everything out the window and, and completely scrapping life as you know it. It's actually a way of doing life, right? Yeah. So I, I love to say like, it's not about leaving your job. It's about finding yourself. And I think that's the most important piece. And let me be honest, when I first left Harley, I thought it was about leaving your job. The initial stages of sabbatical were me thinking, I'm burnt out. I'm feeling unfulfilled. I've got this emptiness inside. I need to go find myself. And I thought that meant I had to leave my job to do it. And so I went to all these fabulous places around the world, as you know, and as I detail Mm. in the book, right, France and New Zealand and spent time in California and the Canadian Rockies and you name it. And at the same time, what I realized is the power of place can feed your soul, but it can't fix it. Like that's our work to do. This is actually about going inside and, and being still and spending time with yourself and reconnecting with that little voice inside you, which is your soul, and really getting clear on who you are and what you want. And so that to me was the most powerful realization in this entire journey. I went, oh my God, this isn't actually about leaving your job. It's about a way of being exactly like you just said. If we are more authentic and more courageous and more on purpose and just in line with our values in the way that we live, that's it. That's living our legacy in the world. And I'm sure that's a troubling realization to come to when one thinks that perhaps a geographical relocation or a different job is the solution. Um, And in fact, it's not, as, as you just explained. And in the context of the conversation that we're having right now, at this particular moment in history, it's March 31st of 2020, um, I know that your state of Illinois, my state of Colorado, we are in essentially lockdown, shelter yeah. in place, stay at home laws in order. Most um, businesses are closed other than essential businesses. The world has come to a halt as we know it. Schools are out. Most people are working from home if they're working at all. And to talk about what you just said, it's about pausing and getting in touch with oneself, which I would suggest is something that many people go to great lengths to avoid, uh, as evidenced by the busyness and the popularity and the glorification of busyness in our society. And yet here we've all been given this crazy gift and opportunity to pause and actually to turn this business that we're in, this quarantine business, into a soulbatical in and of itself. So, oh, so much t- truth. Talk about sister. that. <laughs> so much truth. <laughs> Like you wrote a book about it and then bam, pretty much you waved magic wand and we all just got a sabbatical whether we went looking for one or not, didn't we? (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I've been saying that and, you know, part of it is I'm joking about it, but I'm also like helping people realize that there is a silver lining in this. Listen, I mean, I get it. It's scary for all of us. It's unprecedented in our times and, you know, it's, it, there's a gravity to it all At the same time, let's take this opportunity. Like you said, it is a gift. And it's a gift that says, number one, slow down, right? I mean, one of the realizations I had when I went on sabbatical and as I wrote the book is that busyness is an addiction. I mean, it is as much of an addiction as 
eating your emotions, drinking your emotions, right? Um, you yeah, know, just trying to outrun them, frankly. Going out, right, out to Netflix. Like we are a culture of distraction, right? Yep. And because we don't want to sit with ourselves, it's hard, right? We don't want to necessarily feel the pain, the discomfort, the fear. And this, I believe that this moment in time is calling on us to do exactly that, to sit with those emotions. And so there's a part of me that's like, wow, yeah, you know, the world is on enforced sabbatical and what will we do with it, right? Because we're going to hit a wall with Zoom fatigue and busying ourselves with home projects and yeah, trying to outrun these feelings, like you said. And so I think it's time for us to begin, you know, finding the meaning in the madness. That's kind of how I've been positioning it. So how do we use this time to consciously grow? Because we know no matter what, we always grow through hard times. It's inevitable. So for me, the question is, how do we want to intentionally find that growth or create that growth as we're going through this instead of just letting it happen to us. Let's, let's look at how it's going to happen for us. Right. And I suspect given that you have some ideas, you have some suggestions Mm -hmm. and, um, well, you know, I'll just say, well, I'll just (laughs) say, you know, I have the, I have the amazing opportunity and, and I'm super grateful to be one of your coaching clients. So I have this incredible, um, gift every month where I get to check in with you and you get to shine a mirror back in my face and reveal to me all of my blind spots, which is so incredibly powerful. And I recommend to all of our listeners that they explore coaching with Shelly or another coach, um, just to get inside your own head and start breaking down things that you are potentially not aware of. Um, so I get to go through these extrapolations with her with respect to my own specific issues, which is super powerful. And it's something I look forward to. Um, but when we're talking just to the general um, population here without knowing specifics of what people are confronting, I suspect that you still have some very great guidelines and suggestions for how people transition from Netflix and zoning out to like, (laughs) all right, let's do this. (laughs) Yeah. And let, and let's be honest. I do want to tell people like, and you know this so well, Megan, like I'm human. Like, have I spent some time with Netflix? Of course I've spent some time with Netflix. Right. But I've also been doing other things like here's a really cool thing. And then I'll get into some of the tips that I have, but I've discovered that the Ivy Leagues have courses for free online. So as here's an example, and this fits into one of my tips that I'll get into in a second, but there I've always heard about the most popular course at Yale, which is called the Science of Well-Being, led by oh, wow. um, Lori Santos. And Megan, have you heard about this? No, nope, but I'm Googling oh it right now. Okay, you need to you need to know it. And so we can sign up for free. So here's an example. Like my sister was like, have you watched this on Netflix? Have you watched this on Netflix? And you know, whatever, we were having this conversation the other day and I went, no, you know what? Like I've spent a little time on Netflix. I won't lie because I'm human. And I also need to like, you know, check out a little bit, but I've also spent a lot of time digging into what do I really want to learn or what skill sets do I want to create? What is going to augment like the direction that I'm headed right now in life. And so I'll tell you, I'm, I'm not too far into this course, but I'm loving it. And so whether that's your jam or not, I think the whole idea is 
how can we use this time to do those things that we've been saying like, oh, I'd love to, if only I had the time, right? this has been on my list forever, but it keeps falling to the bottom of my list or if only, right? We're really good at doing that. So that's one of the things I would say to everybody, what are those, what are those things, right? So to me, that's this idea of embracing conscious growth. You know, if we're going to grow during hard times, let's be intentional about how we want to grow in this moment and define what does that mean for you? And then kind of start showing up as your authentic and awakened future self. So one of the things that's like, to me, that's a crucial part of this is choosing creation over consumption. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, this idea of like, okay, what do I want to create? Do I want to create a new daily habit? Do I want to create a new routine in this time? So I'm very intentional as we come out of this moment, post-pandemic. What do I want my life to look like, right? Do I want to learn a new skill? Do I want to practice something as simple as compassion in this really difficult moment that we're going through? Do I want, like, I have a friend who's learning a new language. She's like, I've always wanted to learn French, and I'm taking this downtime to learn French on Duolingo. Like, that's amazing, right? And why wouldn't you, right? And why wouldn't you, right? And I also, I challenge people because, as you know, Megan, and you and I have had this conversation, ever since I, well, one, announced that I was writing a book, and two, published that book, so many people have expressed to me, like, their deep-seated desire to write a book, and their fear, and their fear in sharing that story. And I'm like, you know what? Now is our time. Like, start that first article. Start writing the outline for that book. You know, um, just share, honestly, I think the headline for me is start sharing your gifts with the world in a bigger way than you ever have before, because we need them right now. We simply need them. And maybe people are actually ready to start taking action. I feel like we had a couple weeks of just total uncertainty and the laws and the rules and everything was changing. And I felt like we were in a pretty reactive state there for a couple weeks and just conflicting messages from leadership. And, um, even just an example here in Colorado, like the County order said that bike shops could stay open. And then suddenly the governor issued an order that said bike shops couldn't stay open. And so there's just every morning you woke up and you reacted to something new. And now I feel like we're in a place where we know what the, what the rules of the game are for about the next month or so. And I feel like yeah. this is a perfect time to transition from, okay, I have been doing the Netflix thing. I have been in this space of anxious, um, you know, spinning. It's time for me to gain some traction. It's time for me to make a commitment now to being in this constructive headspace. Yes. And let's make use of this time that we've never had before, to your point. Yeah, because we're going let, to let's acknowledge that, you know, let's acknowledge that we're in the state of busyness, right? It, busyness and distraction, I think, are the two yep. things, right? And they're, they're interrelated. And the, the number one tip that I would give as we're starting to settle in to at least this like quasi new normal, this moment in time that we're in where we are all on lockdown, you know, presumably for, yeah, like another month, I would say it's our time and space to find our signal. You know, we hear a lot about finding the signal and the noise. And in my opinion, the world has never been noisier than it is right now. There's so much noise around news coverage and fear mongering and 
people, you know, pitching their messages and their services that are going to, you know, help you out with this. And my guidance to everyone, and believe me, I'm saying this because I remind myself of it every single day, is to give yourself the gift of silence. Give yourself the permission to be still. Like once a day for 15 minutes. If you want to do more and you can do more, please go for it. But start there because it might feel uncomfortable at first. But tune out the world and start tuning into that little voice inside you and just start reconnecting with it because that is your signal amidst the noise. It's going to, you know, listen to what it has to say and let it guide you through the storm, like very literally. And I think so many of us, and this is what I learned, like, you know, right before I left Harley, I realized I was so out of alignment with my own soul and its desires. And I was so disconnected from that little voice inside me. And that is truly what I think is a gift in this moment in time. And let's talk about what a few of those indicators might look like. And I kind of, I like to refer to them as guardrails. Um, I have experienced it in a pretty profound way a couple times in my life. And you and I have talked about them in terms of just being surges or like your gut starts talking to you in this quiet voice and then it gets louder and then it gets louder. And then suddenly your health starts breaking down or your body starts breaking down or your mental health starts breaking down. And suddenly it goes from a small whisper to a very, very loud surge. And where I believe a lot of people get into real trouble in life is when they don't heed that inner wisdom, as you're referring to that soul. And they continue to just try to tamp it down and press it back into the recesses and ignore it, frankly, or busify themselves so much that they can justify not paying attention to it. So Um, I know how I felt when the surges got so loud that I felt I had no choice but to take action and listen. But what were a few of your indicators or telltale signs that maybe someone listening might relate to in their current state? Oh, yeah. And I can tell you they're happening right now. So, Uh so, well, let me let me put it in this context. And so you and I both um, love and follow Rich Litvin, and I'm part of his um, coaching mastermind community. And the way he describes it, I I adore. He says, literally, this is your check engine light. You know, think about our cars. And when that light starts flashing that says, hey, there's about to be trouble. Think about what are your red flags or your warning signs before that engine light comes on. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, for me... Um, two things I know for sure, because eating and drinking my emotions are a thing for me. They always will be. And I have found ways to get those in check, but I'm catching myself even during this quarantine where it's like, mostly I don't have carbs in the house, but I did get like two packets of pasta as an example that I put like on my back shelf. And I was like, okay, if this gets really severe, and I need the backup food, I'm going to have this stuff. So some quinoa, but then like some, you know, like whole wheat shelled pasta or whatever it was. So I know for sure when I start digging for the pasta and I'm not in like a (laughs) desperate scenario, right? We're still, we're only two weeks into this and I don't need pasta. I have lots of fresh food and I'm making lots of fresh food. And when I go heavily on the wine, Those are two things for me where I immediately have to say, pause, 
what's really going on here? And that's the question that I would encourage everybody to ask for themselves. Like, what's like, catch yourself in that moment, decide what are those, what are those things for you that are the red flags, right? And then ask yourself, what's really going on here? And for me, it's usually, I'm trying to numb from the fear, you know, the discomfort, the, you know, whatever emotion is popping up for me in that moment. So those are two examples of my red flags where I know I have to stand back and say, how is this serving me? And what is the more mindful approach to this, right? And and this actually leads to one of the things, like to answer your bigger question about how we find the meaning and the madness and what are some of my tips. One of them is choosing mindfulness over mindlessness. Because believe me, I find myself in these moments when I get into some sort of like fear-based situation, I'm choosing mindlessness, which is like I'm mindlessly grabbing the food that is not serving my body, the food that is not keeping me, my immune system strong, the, you know, the, the wine that is not keeping my immune system strong. In fact, it's distracting my system because it's having to process a toxin, right? Right. So, so those to me are two of mine. And probably the third one is if I get too deeply into, um, like sitting in front of screens, right? Like even now I'm, I'm challenged by the fact that even though I work from home, I work, you know, I I'm used to remotely working. I'm really challenged by the fact that my entire world is on zoom right now because I don't want to be sitting right? I don't want to be sitting in front of my computer screen all day long. So I'm getting very selective. I kind of went, okay, you know what? Red flag. I'm feeling super drained by this. So now I'm being really, really selective about what conversations I'm having in front of my computer screen. And I'm building in what I call, and this is another, this is another tip for what it's worth, rally and recovery times. And as a former professional athlete, and as somebody who is as active as you are, Megan, like you will completely understand this. So the idea is like, hey, let's, we should be doing this all the time, not just in the midst of a crisis, but the fact that like, we need to be gentle with ourselves. And there's a reason that rest and recovery is the pivotal element of training for the world's top athletes. You know this way better than I do, right? Yes. That's actually when the magic happens and most people don't appreciate that fully. Yeah. So let's let that be a really profound lesson for us right now, because it's not any different for the rest of us. Like our bodies and brains weren't built to sit in front of screens for eight to 10 hours straight or even longer for some people, right? We need to break from that intensity to allow for the integration and the insights and the ideas. And as you said, the magic So let's, especially in this moment, start to flex the muscle of like planning our days and intervals of rally, which is like your stretches of rigorous work and recovery, which is your hundred percent downtime away from your screens and away from work, because that's where it all starts to happen. Absolutely. And taking a step further, um, I have always uh, appreciated the training plan. The general gist of it is that you build and then you build a little bit more and then you build a little bit more in week three, and then you historically would recover that fourth week. And so if you mapped out your fitness and your gains, they would look like little mini mountain peaks that would go up 
up, up, and then there would be a big drop in week four. And of course, that's the part that makes many athletes uncomfortable is the part where you have to step away. But that's actually where the magic happens, as I said. And so taking your idea one step further, definitely within the week, structuring those breaks and within the day, structuring those breaks, I've gotten really clear on which Zoom things even really need me to have the FaceTime and those that don't. And I can communicate well just by being on the phone. I've gotten into uh, walking conference calls and getting outside and walking for those where the video is just simply not necessary. Um, But my suggestion would be to people over the next month, give some thought to how you structure your schedule and perhaps you go hard and then hard and then hard, but then you give yourself the number four week is just a total, you know, step back and recovery week if that's within your capability of doing so. But being really strategic with scheduling right now, because um, man, every time I open up Instagram, so-and-so is opening a new live, this and that, and -and so-and-so is going live on Facebook and oh my God, like everyone's online and I get it and everyone's an expert in something. But between that and the news and then just trying to stay on top of normal emails and stuff, it is I, I have described it as though my brain has physically been hurting and it almost makes me nauseous. Is that how you feel? As oh well? my God. I, I've been on total overwhelm and meltdown. I mean, honestly, and not because of the broader situation and the context we're existing in, but because I there's so much noise, I feel like yes. curling up in the fetal position. Yes. And so yes. I love I love the distinction that you just made because I've also said for friends, you know, I so here, let me be honest, like I love the fact that we are deeply connecting as humanity and that people are reaching out and want to be connected and want to have those calls. So I don't want to diminish that in any way because there can be too many. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so I know, I know you're not either. What I'm trying to do is say, okay, like what is, what is going to serve me in this moment? Right. And let's give ourselves permission to say no. I think that's a really powerful thing right now is like, it's okay to tell people like, you know, I'm overwhelmed. I don't have the time. I just, I need the space, whatever you need to say, let's be honest with ourselves and let's be honest with other people and give ourselves permission to say, no, you know what? That doesn't serve me right now. And that is okay. And then to the point that you made, I'm also making distinctions between Okay, what are the like community and business related conversations that absolutely mm-hmm. should happen or or we want to happen over Zoom? Because there there is a time and a place for that and I love it, right? I'm hosting these soul sesh virtual happy hours on Thursday nights which are super fun and I want people to like engage in that. I'm c- very connected to clients and my coaching community over Zoom. And then I'm being really selective about other conversations I want to have. And like you, every possible day, I'm taking those on my phone with my earbuds in my ear and with me walking the streets of Chicago by myself. You have to do it, right? You have to do it or it just gets to be too much. And what I love about what you just said is perhaps for the first time ever, some people right now are being faced with this brand new opportunity to figure out what they need and then to put boundaries in place. And for those that have been on the go and have been so hellaciously scheduled that didn't even have the bandwidth to consider that as an option, they are now faced with like, wow, what you just said about your brain hurting or feeling nauseous or the Zoom fatigue being real, I actually do feel that way. It literally has never occurred to me that I can say no to some of those things. (laughs) Won't this be an amazing time if people come out of this with a new voice and a better understanding of what their guardrails are? 
Yeah, it's I love that because we are literally, so here's my perspective. My perspective is we are setting the foundation for what we want to create coming out of this, right? You know, there's always a message in the pain. There's always a gift in the tragedy. And I feel like that's part of what we're experiencing right now. We are absolutely positively like called upon to say, how do I want to shift, right? What is going to serve me and my well-being, right? Because what the, the world we live in and the way a lot of us are functioning in the busyness, in the 24-7 connectedness, in all of it is not sustainable on any level. This is why we have so much burnout. Let's be honest. Burnout is another epidemic in our world unhappiness is yet another epidemic in our world. Like people don't feel fulfilled. One in three people, you know, the, I don't know if you ever read this, but the global happiness report is like something I always look at. One in three people say they're not happy. And that makes me so that like, it hurts my heart. And you and I both know like depression is on the rise. Suicide rates are skyrocketing. Like we don't, and now we have the COVID-19 pandemic. Like our society needs a reset and a reframe. So I believe, you know, some people might say this is horseshit. I don't know. But I believe there's a reset for a reason right now. And I believe we're being called on to say, how do we move forward in a more sustainable way and a more fulfilling way? You know, all of those things. There's somebody listening right now that's like, that's all well and good, but I don't get to choose happiness. You know, like I've got my head down, I'm doing what I need to do. Maybe I can enjoy my life and really thrive when I retire. Um, you know, what's the advice that you give to people who quite honestly have never given themselves permission to consider that they deserve happiness and they deserve fulfillment. And, and I address this specifically to you as someone who was in this major corporate position who'd worked her ass off to get there. And who at some point probably said, this isn't working for me, but at the same time, this is, I'm living the dream. So what does it matter if I'm happy or not? Right. And, and like you said earlier in the conversation, for me, the universe, I mean, here's the thing, I think for people, for all of us, the universe kind of whispers to us, then it kind of shouts to us. And then it's literally like a two by four to the solar plexus. Like it just whacks us. So at some point, it's going to happen. You're going to have to wake up, right? That's a choice. And are, are you listening? And here's, here's probably the biggest thing that I would say to everybody. And I don't know, Megan, if you've read um, the book by Bronnie Ware called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Yes, I actually recently just finished oh. that. Wow, I highly recommend that one to everyone. Highly, yes. highly recommend. And it is, to me, it's the answer to the question that you just posed to everybody because the number one regret of the dying is I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. The number one regret of the dying. It's It's devastating. It's devastating. Yeah. It's devastating. So I guess what I would say to everybody is this is a choice, right? And, and, I would ask people to take this moment in time when we are forced to slow down, where we are forced to be in our homes, to take that time to look inward, not outward. You know, so many, I mean, my whole life was spent, you know, 
validation over values. And I've completely flipped that to say, you know what, my whole life is going to be lived on values over validation, which means looking inward versus looking outward or even worse upward, which is what I think I did for so much of my career. And let's be honest, I had incredible good fortune and a lot of privilege, and I don't regret a single minute of that. At the same time, I want to be true to myself. And so, right. you know, to me, here's maybe the last tip that I have as we talk about, you know, what does sabbatical mean in, in these times? My last tip is lean into the boredom, right? There are so many people who are saying I'm bored and I'm like, really? You're bored? How can you be bored in this moment? How can there be a lack of things to do, right? In terms of all the, of the other stuff that we talked about, right? Creation over consumption. Like, what do you want to learn? What new skill do you want to develop? And here's the thing. For me, like leaning into the boredom means we are going to practice being overdoing. And the, best, the best advice that I could give right now is to use some of this downtime to audit all aspects of your life. Because you may not want to admit it right now, but I'm guessing there's like just a little like nudge, niggle. Maybe it's more than that. Maybe it's the thing that you've been pretending not to know for a very long time. And that was my case. So believe me, this isn't me preaching. This is me saying, with empathy, I want to share that I was in that exact same place, right? I was completely pretending not to know that every time, you know, I told myself I should do something, I was getting sick. I was getting burnt out. Uh, I was like, I oh, there were always the signals. And my choice at the time was to ignore the signals over and over and over so we've been gifted this time, as you said. So I would, I would recommend or invite everyone who's listening to this, if you haven't already, to say, you know, just sit down and ask yourself some simple questions. Like these are simple, but they're profound and they're difficult. So I'm not going to pretend that they're not. But like, what's fueling your soul? What's sucking the energy from it, right? We all have those soul fuels and those soul sucks. And it's a matter like, are those in balance? Are they not in balance? What do you want more and less of in your life? And when you really sit and listen deeply, what's that little voice inside you saying? And even more importantly, what's it saying that scares the hell out of you? Because I think that's a lot of it, right? We, we hear the little voice. But That's the right. reason we want to numb the voice and like push it down is because we're scared of what it's telling us, what we really, really want to do, or what we really know is like our, our purpose and our place on this earth. And then the last thing I would offer up is like, ask yourself the question, like, how do you want your life to look different when we emerge from this pandemic? What have you learned you know, in these couple few weeks that we've been on lockdown about what really matters to you. Mm. This would all be really, really great for someone to sit down with a journal and actually write the answers to those questions with ink and a pen, I think, as opposed yeah. to even using the notes app on your phone. There's something really, really powerful about putting it in writing. And I think 
taking that 15 minute break, as you suggested, and really sitting down and putting some notes to those thoughts would be super powerful, bringing it out of the darkness of the recesses of the brain and out into the light. Um, especially the question you say, what are you pretending not to know? I mean, I think that brings up so much, doesn't it? <laughs> totally. Totally. I mean, I can even ask myself that right now, right? It's like, these are, by the way, these are like questions for one point in time. These are great journaling questions over time. These are great questions to sit with yourself because as we, you know, as we start to awaken to who we are and then act as our authentic self in the world. Oh, here's another good one. This is one of my favorites. And Megan, you've heard me, you've heard me say this before. I've probably said this to you, but it's like, what would change in your life if you were being 100% true to you right now? Mm. That's heavy. It's super heavy. I mean, I know what my answer is. I mean, it came up super clear for me just then the way you asked it and then provided that nice big pregnant pause there. (laughs) Uh, For people who have never given themselves the space to do this kind of work, something probably just came up for you that was really startling and it's tempting to run away because it's not convenient. I can promise you a hundred percent of the time, the answer that just came up for you is not convenient for you. Truth. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know what, uh, and this is why I, I, you know, I love that we're having this conversation at this moment in time because I know how seriously you take this work. I know how seriously I take this work. I also know how long it took me personally to get to this place, to ask myself these questions and to face the uncomfortable answers, because you're right, it's not convenient. And at the same time, it changed my life and the trajectory of my world and my career and my mission on this planet. And it got me to this place of like, Oh, I understand. Once I started listening to that voice, I realized I had to just take one small step at a time. And I never truly understood where it was leading me. But I had faith and trust that I was heading towards something. And that's honestly what it takes. And that's the advice that I would give to everybody is like, just listen, listen to it, trust it. And take one small step at a time. In the book, I think I call it following the breadcrumbs. You know, yep. it's sort of like the universe just leaves you these little breadcrumbs. And it's like surrendering to why those breadcrumbs are being put in front of you is so powerful. And it's also the scariest thing you'll ever do as a human, right? Absolutely. It's total surrender. Yes. Yeah, it is. Which is counterintuitive to our, our planning and procedural and pragmatic society. But, um, but I think at the same time, we all intuitively know that there is this innate wisdom within us that has been with us since the day we were born and this, this sense of purpose. And many of us get way far away from it, which is, I think, where a lot of the tension in our lives comes from. And you and I have this overwhelming desire and wish for everyone to get closer and closer to alignment with their purpose and their soul and as much alignment as they possibly can Um, because we do get just this one life and it's incredibly short. And I think if the coronavirus has taught us nothing else, it's that all the things we take for granted and life itself can be gone in a moment. Yeah. Um, And it's just been a really stark and poignant, poignant reminder of that, which is a good thing. I think it's really good thing. Um, 
So these tips are all super wonderful. And now I want to give our listeners some actual um, links and things that we can, actual steps and actions that can be done. So as you alluded earlier, this is a great time to say, all right, I've, I've binged on Netflix. Let's move into a more productive space. And so, of course, I would selfishly make the plug that people pick up your book and buy it and read it right now or listen to it while they've got some perhaps spare time in their life. And um, your website is soulbatical.com. And as you said earlier, it's one L and two Bs. So soulbatical.com. And I want you to tell us about this order now button on your website. What does that mean? Yeah, so you can you can buy the book through my website. So that goes right to the Simon & Schuster um, page for my book. And here's what I want everybody to know, especially right now when Amazon is you know, rightfully making the choice to, you know, uh, um, prioritize shipping of essential goods and not, you know, non-essential goods like books. So it's slowing the book process down. If you've listened to this and you are like, I want this right now, obviously ebook and audiobook are, are, you know, like on demand choices, but there's also this amazing link that'll be on Simon and Schuster's site, which is bookshop.org. So they've been part of um, the publishing industry coming together to support indie bookshops in this time, right? To ensure that our favorite local bookstores don't go under as a result of this pandemic and people not being able to shop them. And many of them don't necessarily have their own website. So that's going to be an option for people. And it'll actually ship faster often than Amazon is able to ship right now. So just know that. I think it's, I mean, to me, I love my local bookstores. I love to support them and just know that that's an option. So you're doing good. And a big part of the proceeds from those particular book purchases on bookshop.org actually go to support like a fund that's going to be supporting bookshops in this dif- or local like indie bookstores in this difficult time. That is so cool. Yeah, and while we're on the it. topic of, of, you know, bigger purpose than, than, um, than the book sale itself, will you touch briefly on the, um, beneficiary of some of the funds of your, yes, sales? thank you for asking me. Mm-hmm. So, Um, so a big part of my, not a big part, but a part of my story, a really powerful part of my story, um, has to do with mental health. And I won't, I won't go in depth into that right now, but suffice it to say, it's part of the story that you'll read if you choose to buy the book. And so one of the things I wanted to do is to really give back. I mean, you can already tell that I'm passionate about giving back to my community and causes that I believe in. And one of them is mental health research and awareness and suicide prevention. And so um, a, an organization that was set up in honor of a good friend of mine who took his own life eight years ago is called the Life is Priceless Foundation. And so I've partnered with them and 10% of my proceeds from the sales of the book go to Life is Priceless because I want to continue to just have this dialogue and this conversation and support people in need and remind them that they're not alone as I thought I was, you know, at, in a moment in time in my life. And honestly, especially in this moment in time that we're living in and when people are going to be listening to this podcast, like it's so important to know that we're in this together. You're not alone and that there are resources. You're such a force. You really are just such a force. Um, favorite color is orange. Your your pictures are just fantastic, and like you just exude this power about you. It's uh, energetic for sure, but it's also just really 
bold and courageous. And um, I guess that's just what comes up for me when I see your pictures on Instagram. By the way, you can follow Shelly on Instagram at Soulbatical. Um, but what I wanted to say too is you, yes, you wrote a book. That's awesome. Of course, we want to get our books in people's hands. Um, and you are a coach. And yes, of course, like we want to talk about the services that you provide and your you're hopefully soon return to keynote speaking and leading these amazing retreats. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, you know, I don't, I don't actually think it, any of that's really what drives you. You have this just overwhelming urge to get this message out into the world and tell me more about it. Like, why is this so important to you that people start taking, taking heed of that innate wisdom uh, inside? Themselves? Yeah, honestly, because the reason I feel that way is because of what I've experienced in my own life. I've experienced like the power of what's possible when you believe in yourself, when you are true to yourself, and when you're courageous as hell. And it's gotten me to where I am today, which is feeling more fulfilled than I've ever felt and more joy, actually, than I've ever felt in my whole life, even in moments like this. Like I have the faith. And so, I think like I was called to go on this journey so I could realize that more people need to go on this journey and I could be a lighthouse for that. And so I think it's that lighthouse metaphor that often keeps me going. It's like, I want, I say, well, you know, I say this at the beginning of my book, I wrote this book almost as a love letter to myself because when I walked away from Harley and the sexiest career, the sexiest job, People thought I was absolutely crazy. And all yep. I wanted was for someone to put an arm around me and say, I got you. Like, it's going to be okay. Just, just keep trusting yourself, trusting that little voice, and it will all work out. And, and nobody did. And so I went on that journey by myself. And that's why I wanted to write this book, because I want to share my journey my blueprint and allow others to reflect on that. And that's where all of this comes from. It's not about the services I have in the world and whatever. It's really about, that's what I mean by liberating souls. And that's really important to me. I want others to feel this and to know that you don't have to be success empty. You can actually be successful. You would recommend for people that are ready to dive in on all this, that they enlist the help of a coach, I assume you would make that recommendation. I, I don't feel that the work can be done in one's own head to the level and extent that, um, that is, is possible. So I know you have also worked with coaches yourself, and now you are coaching people. Um, what is some advice you would give to someone who has perhaps never worked with a coach in this context before? What would you recommend that they do to find someone who's a great fit? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, let's let's be honest, right? I mean, I would say first and foremost, ask ask people who you love and trust, because you'll find that a lot of people have worked with coaches. And I don't want this to be a pitch in any way, but I think what's really important is, and it says it in my book. I was working with a coach at Harley at the time when I knew I needed to kind of face the music. And she was such an incredible force in helping me on this journey and helping me think through all of this. And so um, that was, you know, almost just in front of me. What I would say is ask people that you love and trust for recommendations and referrals on coaches. There are a lot of coaches out there. 
the bar is fairly low. And I think for me, and Megan knows this, it mm-hmm. is, I, it has to be 100% chemistry on both sides. 100% I'm a hell yes in working with somebody and 100% that they're a hell yes. This isn't about selling, you know, $100 an hour sessions to somebody. This isn't about, you know, just trying to fill my roster with clients. Like I truly, truly want to believe in you and your dreams and your, power, superpowers and your potential Mm -hmm. as I do with you, obviously. And Mm -hmm. I want somebody to feel the same way. You know, I'll never forget the time you and I were talking you're like, I think you need to be my coach. And it was (laughs) a moment for both of us. And I felt it too. And so I guess the guidance I would give to everybody is like, it's not just phoning somebody and finding somebody who has availability on their calendar and a quote unquote, cost or price that you can afford. It's so much more than that. Like find somebody who truly believes in you and your dreams and your potential and is willing to make that investment. And on the flip side, and you know, I say this to you all the time, like we have to be willing to invest in the possibility of our future self. We've got to have some skin in the game. So we're truly willing to dive in and do this work. And that's what we've done. So I guess those are the things that I would say right now to hopefully that's helpful. I love it. Yeah. And I, again, really only got into this in the last few years and only into therapy a few years prior to that. So I would say I'm a relative newcomer, but the breakthroughs have been incredible, life altering. um, And I can't recommend it enough to everyone. Um, and along those lines and where I'd really maybe like to take us here as we wind this down is, um, in this time when so many people are having bad days more frequently than we would normally be having bad days. And it seems like just one thing is what cracks, what cracks us. And I certainly have cracked several times during this Corona pandemic, um, for several reasons, some of which were significant and some of which were just minor. It was just sort of the straw that broke the camel's back on that particular day. And I think a lot of us, you know, our sleep is disrupted and that doesn't help. And, um, you know, so a lot of us, when we are having a good day, then we find ourselves in this position to support people when they're having a a bad day. And it, it goes both ways, of course. One of the things I'm personally struggling with is that I care so deeply for people when they're sharing with me their struggles that I tend to overinvest myself. And I have heard this phrase among coaches, which is that you want to care without carrying. In other words, care for someone, but don't adopt their problem as your problem because that actually starts to be an unhealthy situation and you need to maintain some healthy boundaries. So, you know, we're not trying to turn everyone in there uh, listening into a professional coach, but what, how do you successfully hold space for someone when they're having a tough time right now and show them that you love them, show them empathy, show them compassion um, show up for them without trying to fix it or getting overly involved. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's such a good, yeah. Well, it's such a good question and it's hard, right? We're human. I would say the, no, well, it's funny, the, the phrase that we use in, in, from the, the coaching school that I went to is we're like, don't jump in someone's bag with them. Meaning we uh, all have that like emotional bag that we carry, like full of our stories and our stuff and getting in someone's bag with them is like, you know, that's just like, oh, you know, yeah, that person's an asshole. That's the thing. Like, don't get in somebody's bag with them. The best thing that we can do is simply listen. People right now and anytime, honestly, but I'll focus on right now because because of 
the trying situation that we're in. People want to be listened to and seen and heard and believed in. And that's the best advice that I can give as, as a coach. I mean, it's what, it's what I do. I am, I am my client's biggest champion. I always will be. It's the reason I select the clients that I do. And we have that connection because I want to know that I can be their biggest cheerleader and champion and always be reflecting their, their superpowers back to them. But what I would say for anybody is just be willing to listen to people right now. I think because of what we're all going through, sometimes we just need to like, you know, release that little um, thing on the Instapot that just, you know, the pressure cooker that just like lets the steam out. Just let people let the steam out. Don't think you have to have the answers. Don't think you have to have something brilliant to say so you get all up in your head. Don't even think about it. Just be a sounding board and listen. And please probably the other best advice I can give is don't try to play the comparison game and the one-up game of like, well, you think you have it bad. You think you're lost out. You think you didn't sleep last night. Don't play that game. Let's all please commit to not playing that game with each other because it's not helpful for anybody. I like that. And speaking from experience, when you have said the simple statement, I see you, I hear you, I believe in you, like there is just a release with that, like just the sense that someone is saying, I see you, I hear you. Um, as you said, you feel, I don't want to say validated, but you just, you feel, um, of some, some significance again. And it almost alleviates any desire that you had for them to jump in and try to fix your problem for you. It's just that, um, it's just a nice pause and it's, uh, you know, I, I don't think that we really listen well to each other anymore. And so this is also a great time for us to get back to practicing that skill. And to your point, we're typically rehearsing what we're about to say or our one-up comment, and we're not actually listening. So it's kind of good when they finish talking and you're, you don't have something to say immediately. <laughs> yeah. And that's honestly, that is holding space for people, right? Like I'm here to just sit with you and be in it with you and listen to you and not try to one-up you or solve your problems or think I have the brilliant answer. That's holding space for people. And that's one of the most beautiful things we can do in this moment, any moment really, but especially in this moment. And sharing personally, that has been one of my biggest and most recent breakthroughs is that I have this compulsion to jump in and fix, especially if something is in my zone of genius or in my specific skill set. And particularly in the context of this coronavirus, I found myself doing that early on, jumping in and getting involved in all kinds of things because of this overwhelming desire to help. And then about three weeks in, I cracked uh, because I had overextended myself mentally and emotionally, and I absolutely cracked. And I had to take stock of where I had let my own self down with respect to my boundaries and how I had actually done these other people a disservice because Mm. me running in and rushing in to try and rescue someone or try to save someone was depriving them of the opportunity to, for example, figure out if they were going to be a leader or not in their workplace. And um, so I just share that message to say let's all work hard on showing up and being present for one another. But we also, of course, can only be responsible for our own health and our own boundaries. And it's especially incumbent upon us to be, you know, mindful of those as well. Amen to that. 
<laughs> All right, girl. Well, um, we've talked about your book, which I highly recommend everyone reads. But let me ask you this, because I know that you are a voracious reader, as am I. What is on your must-read list right now? Or what have you recently devoured? Or what are you about to dig into? Oh, man, I have a whole stack that's sitting right by me. I think I put this out on um, on Instagram the other you day. Did, so I'm like, where to, where to start? So the one thing I'm really enjoying right now is Glennon Doyle's latest, Untamed. Oh, I cannot uh, wait to get my hands on that oh, one. Oh, you need to get your hands on it. It's okay. really, really beautiful. It's kind of the unlearning and the unconditioning of especially for women, you know, what we've been told to do, how we've been told to be and all of that and really living into our um, truest, most wild selves. And it's very beautiful. And all the metaphors she uses are just stunning. And her writing, I'm a huge fan of her writing. So that I'm about half to three quarters of the way through. Um, The other one that I was going to reread is Essentialism. Have you read that? Oh, no. So Essentialism, and I can't see far enough across the room, and I'm hooked to the headphones. Greg McCowan, I think is the name. Greg McCowan, yep. Yeah, Uh is the name of the author. And it is really about kind of getting back to like, you know, what are the, what are the basics in your life? Like getting back to the essentials and simplifying and streamlining. And it just struck me that that was such an important thing right now, because we are really many of us, most of us who are going through this right now are quite privileged. And Mm -hmm. we, you know, I sit in my house and I go, yeah, you know, okay, this sucks. Like I have raging wanderlust. Do I wish I was on all the trips that were planned and all the book events and whatever? Yes. At the same time, I realize how fortunate I am. And I realize that I actually have way more than I need. And so I wanted to revisit the principles of essentialism and just think about, okay, what does that mean? And I'm not literally talking about Marie Kondoing your closet. Like that's a thing and I get it. That's doing that right now, but it's sort of like a more macro view at our lives. And so that's, um, that's something. And then the third one that I wanted to mention that was also on that list that I posted is I'm going back to a beautiful um, constraint. A Beautiful Constraint is the name of the book. And um, it's written by the guys who run the firm, um, uh, what is it, Uh, Eat Big Fish, I think it is. And A Beautiful Constraint is so, it's Adam Morgan and I'm forgetting the other guy's name. I can't see it from here. Um, Stand by, I'll tell you. Yeah. Okay. If you can Google it while we're talking um, and maybe put it in the note. Adam Morgan. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, it is, it, it's such a brilliant book and they have this model for like, you know what, having constraints in our lives are actually what drives creativity and innovation and disruption. And so they take you through a whole model of like looking at your constraints and then asking these key questions about, um, you know, what if and what can be and all of this really cool stuff. And so I wanted to go back to that in this moment of time and say, okay, with that lens, like what would I do differently? So that might be an Mm. interesting thing for your listeners as well. I love it. I will include links to these books. It was Adam Morgan and Mark Barden oh, yes. on The Beautiful Constraint. And then, as you said, it was um, Greg McCowan, M-C-K-E-O-W-N on Essentialism, uh, The Disciplined Pursuit of 
less, which right up my alley as I continue to <laughs> totally uh, the less is more mindset, like, you know, like my, like my life depends upon it. And then the other one you mentioned was untamed, um, like which I would encourage real. everyone to check out your local bookstore because it is actually unavailable on Amazon as I'm just looking right now. Um, it looks like it's on back order. So she, she sold out and then oh, she's number like one, she's number one on the New York times bestseller list for the second week in a row. And she only, mm-hmm. the book only dropped like two weeks ago. So yeah, I mean, she's got such a massive community, but that might be another one to go. Uh, she is on bookshop.org. Cause I checked it out earlier today. Yep. There we go. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Cause we definitely want to support our local bookstores nothing against Amazon, but our local businesses are all hurting and they can use any help that we can give them. Um, Shelly, thank you so much for your time today. I know that this podcast is going to be just significantly impactful for people that listen to it. We'll have links to your website, but again, it's soulbatical.com with one L and two B's. And I will also include a link to that Yale class that you mentioned, the science of well-being. Yes. I can't wait to dig in on that. Yeah. Um, Gosh, girl, thanks for shining your light so bright and your just your radiant energy and your your changing lives. You are liberating souls, girl. You really are. Oh, this has been awesome. I'm so glad we got the chance to do this together, especially with oh. you. Thank you, sister. Oh, thank you. All right. We'll go back out. Do do your thing. Hopefully you can go get another walk here in the uh, Chicago weather today before <laughs> April 1 rolls over tomorrow. Totally. And I will talk to you Friday for my own coaching session. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Right, bye. Thank you for listening to Maximum Enthusiasm with Megan Hotman. Subscribe, check out our blog, and learn more at MaximumEnthusiasm.com.